Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. Uh, I am Ben. I am back from uni forever. No one else will ever get to host this podcast again. <laughs> I'm asserting my control. Yes. Uh, the mutiny has happened and I am now in charge of 267 as a whole. The coup failed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm now back at the bottom rung of 267 <laughs> where I belong. Not today though. But not, not today. today. Yeah. Because uh, even though I am joined by the head of the rung, Two six seven, director. That is your job title, Mike <laughs> Palin. We are also joined by I'm trying to think of it on the fly job title, Chief Lackey. Ooh. Grace, I, I don't know your second name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your second name? Kay. Great. Kay. Yeah. Ideal. Yeah. Are you happy with Chief Lackey as a job yeah, title? Totally. Is it too close to sort of slave? It's Skibby. It's slave adjacent. Yeah. It's like adjacent. Wow. Maybe Minion? That's minion. That's, oh, I think Minion probably fits out. It feels a little yeah, bit we'll, more we'll cheeky. Go for minion. Whereas Lackey feels like we're beating her. It's <laughs> a little less like we like lock her in the office at yeah. night and don't let her leave. Yeah. Yeah. And a bit more animated DreamWorks. Um, I'd just like to say, for listeners though, that Grace doesn't look anything like a Minion. No. I want to make that clear because. Yeah. We don't want that slander getting out there. <laughs> no, exactly. Not after Ellie. Uh, no, <laughs> great. So, we've been chatting about films before the podcast, so I thought I'd do a film-themed question, as I often do. So I'm going with one of Mike's classic questions for Grace, which is, if you had to live in the world of a film, oh. which film world would you pick? That is such a good question. And to give you a bit more time to think, I... Well, last time went for the film you were just talking about, which was Bond. Yeah. I thought the Bond world would be quite fun to live in, but I wonder whether I'm... It'd be really fun, but it'd be quite, like, dangerous. Well, you'd die. Yeah, yeah. You, like, you're gonna die. And you... I went down the opposite route, which was the world of Paddington, because it's basically just this <gasps> oh world. Oh my gosh. But everyone's just kind of nicer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Except you, Grant. Except you, Grant. But <laughs> that's like... pretty standard for this world, too. <laughs> then you get into, like, Minions. I was like, would the minions You'd like to be in the Minions world? What do you think of a Minion-like world? Yeah, but like, wouldn't the Minions world be so much fun? Good. Would you be... Because like, you've got Bob and Kevin and like... Yeah, it's true. So, we... you're really not helping That's with so us dissuading that you are a Minion. No. <laughs> <She> <laughs> me, Bob, alone. Kevin, all hang in. Grace, Grace, yeah. Bob, Kevin, Chew. Yeah, yeah, the new Minion. The we new went minion. to see the new film last week, Min Zach. Oh my gosh, really was it. Is it good? Uh, it was. It was alright. I mean, again, it's hit the Minions One and Despicable Me. Yeah. Are such a high bar. Yeah. It didn't quite hit them. Mm. The only there was a really good comedy line, which is no, he's known for his freeze ray. He had cheese ray. Oh. Which I quite like as a weapon, that you cover people in molten cheese. I thought that was quite a good. But yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. The food, the food waste logistics of that yeah. is not a good message for the kids. Did it, did yeah. it beat the last <laughs> And the lactose intolerant people. I mean, it's a yeah. nightmare for them. Did you beat the last mini movie? With like, yeah. the whole... The rise of Grew, but I did like Scarlet Overkill, mainly because Sandra Bullock does the overacting so well. Does um, she? She was Scarlet Overkill. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Have you both seen about this new... Oh, God. Sorry, I sound very old. Have you heard about the new TikTok trend with the, top the Minions? Tick? No, go on. Oh, yes, you know I You have. can explain this so, as you're someone of the correct generation yes, and I won't sound ancient. So, people are coming to Minions movies in, like, black suits. Like, 
like three piece bow tie like, like proper suits and, and now they're being mostly like, teenage boys yeah yeah and they're now like being turned away from movie theaters because apparently they cause trouble but what? they're turning up en masse in full suits to go watch <laughs> Minions. And like glasses. They've what? got like dark like yeah. Is there a reason? glasses. I think they just found the idea of turning up to Minions in a suit quite funny. Because yeah. it was something that was recorded. Like there was one group that yeah. did it on TikTok and then that blew like up. A huge and now everyone's been doing yeah. it. It often gets that. And it's of... the thing for the lads to go watch Minions together. And I think there's every time as it Bob pops up on the screen, yeah. they all stand up and applaud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There was a girl in the cinema with us, she was on her own, and she was like late teens, and I was just trying to work out of all the demographics that Minion probably is pitched at, late teens, early twenties, female, on your own, wouldn't be where I'd be going for Minion's Rise of group. Maybe it brings us all together. Yeah. Ben, that's probably one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. <laughs> Minions. <laughs> Uh, so you're going for Minions World? You want to live in Minions World? Yeah, I think Minions World would be cool. I mean, like, obviously, wow. if you went in, like, Top Gun, that oh, world no. is quite good. So oh, you would be in, but, like, be in the Academy. I mean, it's dangerous. Oh, yeah. It's a but dangerous world to be in. adrenaline rush. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you on that. Like, Just play Highway to the Danger Zone on a loop, <laughs> like they do in the movie. <laughs> like, it just seems so fun. But yeah, either that or Minions. I have to say I've been having a bit of a nostalgia thing of all the films that are sort of set prohibition-y. Mm. I like those sort of films like um, Bugsy Malone and The Untouchables and, you know, all those sort of, um, what's the one, Road to Perdition. Mm. I love all that sort of gangsters, the big hats, the old cars. I quite, I quite like to live in that world. But again, you die. Yeah. What I'm finding interesting about Grace's answer about Minions World, <laughs> sorry, we'll get onto our actual podcast soon, but I'm yeah. going to do some psychoanalysis first. It's interesting that in this world, you've picked yourself to be one of the underlings. <laughs> in the, Like, you've not put yourself as a main character in Minions. In your mind, you're one of the Minions, right? Yeah. That's an interesting... Is that how you see yourself? Are you, are you not a main character? Wow. Ooh, that was <laughs> deep. deep. Yeah. I think... I could be main character, but I feel like being a minion's more fun. Like, yes, Gru is like incredible, <laughs> but like, the minions are just so iconic and just like Do they all have their own personality. Maybe slightly linked to the topic. Then this is, is what there, I'm attempting. Is there, yeah, I wonder. Is there? I, I I'm not. You're sixteen, aren't you? Fifteen. Fifteen. Almost sixteen. Almost sixteen. Is there part of your brain that says, "I don't, I don't want to grow up yet." Yes. Because I know some 16-year-olds that can't wait to grow up. Yeah. You know, they're quite happy. I want to be driving, going to the city, earning, probably earning money is quite yeah. a driving force. Whereas you're quite happy to say, no, I'm happy to live in the Minions world for a couple more okay. years yet. See, I think it, that's interesting because I really, I want to grow up because I want to drive and have like all those freedoms and go to university. But then it's like, being a kid is actually a lot of fun. Especially right now when I finish for GCSEs and I've got like my summer off it, and I can do what I want. It's really quite fun. Do you, do, you, do you have to do the cooking at home? Not really. Yeah, see, that's the big thing. Naomi does. Oh, uh, does she? Yeah. Do you have a bedtime? Nah, not really. Not anymore. Like, I would aim to be in bed by like 10. Do you do your own laundry? No. Yeah, see. So you don't have like. Laundry. I can debrace the whole responsibilities in life that mm. suddenly kick in and then never ease up. 
as yeah. well. It's the importance of the Spider-Man, of with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Every time you get a bit older and have a new sort of freedom, that also comes with a bunch of new jobs you have to do. I do love to cook, though. Like, mm. I don't like mind the idea of cooking by myself. Cooking is great fun. It, it gets less actually... fun when you have to do it, otherwise you starve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you feel like a minion at home as the youngest? I'm the oldest. Oldest? Do you feel like you're a minion, though? A bit. Yeah, probably, actually. Wow. Well, well, no. <laughs> An underling. You're not a lackey at home. Nah, not, no. I would, no, I would kind of... I think... That's it. Are you Groove? No, Groo I'm not. No, I'm not Groove. No, I'm trying to think, like, between Naomi and I. How, what's the age difference? How old is Naomi? Six, she's 16 months younger. We're two school years. So I feel I like, so because we're only 60 months, we seem to like get things at the same time. Oh, uh, interesting. And so like, even if I got it in like year six, so like things are always like getting phones like and phones, stuff. Yeah. So actually that's not a very good example because she did wait a lot longer than I did. But like being able to do things and watch things and stuff. Right. Because she's only like a slightly younger than me. She'll just round it up. She like just... yeah, she just gets. But there's to probably do it. real strength to that, isn't it? Like yeah, actually treat, is. in terms of treating you fairly. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's easy for a parent as well to say we're going to make you both sixteen. <laughs> We've picked. Yeah. yeah. Just so actually everything that one gets, the other one gets. Yeah. I sort of get that. Great. It's quite nice. Though. Well, I think in terms of that's a pretty nice segue. I wasn't sure how we were going to get there from Minions World, but we did. <laughs> we did. Into our topic today. So I think what we wanted to chat about was taking ownership of your faith as you gain those new responsibilities and you are getting older. Mm -hmm. And I think we were chatting a bit in the office about you feeling like maybe that's something that's starting to happen for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's our general topic. And it's sort of the, the conversation of there's great strength in parents mm. that encourage their kids Definitely. to come to church and 100%. go to church and go to youth groups and go on camps. But there is that sort of tipping point, isn't it? That if you don't allow the individual faith to grow early enough, mm -hmm. then I think there is a certain resentment to yeah. it that you start going, I don't really want to go to church anymore. So you, yeah. you reckon you're right on that sort of tipping yeah. point now? But I would also say, like, if you're forced to go to church and stuff by your parents, yeah. you're not always going to get a very positive experience out of it. Mm. And I think it's going to sort of, it becomes like this chore in your life that you can't get, that you can't like wait to get rid of. To get rid of, where actually, yeah. and actually, the more I think, absolutely, you should be encouraged to go to church and go to camps and stuff. But also, if you're forced to go to them, I don't think you're going to necessarily get out of them. I wonder, Always as a parent, so if you can imagine you two as parents, what, how would you run it with your offspring? Mm. I think I would definitely. <coughs> I think it's it's a very interesting question, but I think definitely morning like Sunday church, I would say is probably. I would make I would make Quite I would, for you. yeah I would yeah. I would make them come to Sunday morning church, but I think in terms of youth groups and camps, I would strongly encourage them to go, and I think I would probably make them go to one or two. But if they didn't like it or stuff, then maybe. Yeah, it is a really interesting line, isn't it? Into like introducing. Because I'm sure you get it with that of being like, who obviously has a great faith, but yeah. the line between going, I want to tell you about this because I love it and it's something I believe, yeah. and also I want you to be your own individual yeah. and have your own freedom to 
yeah. be your own person and not just believe this because you know that's what I believe and you want yeah. to impress me or whatever. But I think, especially in my life, my youth group has been such a major influence in my life. And it's kind of like, or it's meant to be the space where you can go and be yourself. And also, because you're not with your parents and stuff and you've got like sort of younger, cooler youth leaders, you can like chat to them and yeah. it's slightly more relatable. I think that that's just so important to have that type of influence and stuff in your life as a teenager, especially being Christian growing up in like big state schools and stuff, which I was saying about to go to. That's quite a key thing. I don't think we've done very well as church across the nation of preparing families for that. Mm. I think we're quite good at putting on services and events. Mm -hmm. I wonder how good we are at encouraging faith conversations at home Mm. that aren't based around duty, Mm. like we go to church. Mm. How do you have those faith conversations? So when something comes up at school, how do you bring a faith conversation into it? So exam choices, friendship breakdowns, relationships. You know, is it, you don't ever say, oh, your youth leader will solve that. Yeah. But we've almost, we've just passed it on to the church to solve those problems and then the home hasn't been a place where it's happened. And I wonder whether that has been a negative. Yeah. And it's made it difficult for people to own their own faith because they've almost just been sort of fed it a little bit. And then you get a bunch of people not liking church. Mm. You know. And youth groups have seen the sort of drop off is as soon as you get 12, 13, 14 and parents are less like, I'm going to make you come to church but let you choose, you get this natural drop off. But I think like youth groups have also been like stigmatised to being like, or not so much youth groups but like church has been like really boring, Mm. kind of like so very conservative and very kind of like you know, you go for your Sunday. Serious. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, very, yeah. it's very serious. And like she, like they then categorise youth groups into the same category. Mm. And they think, you know, it's not very fun and it's all this, that and the other. And actually, you know, youth group is a lot of fun. And yeah. you do. And like, it should be. It should be a lot yeah. of fun. And like you have, you know, you can go and do some really, really cool, like go bowling with your youth group. And yeah. like. Top golf bed. Yeah. Top um, So. Sort of almost as like a leading up to maybe where you are now. And it's totally fine if the answer to this is, no, I've known Jesus since I was a baby. Because yeah. I know some people like that. <coughs> Would you say that was a point growing up where it became, this is something I believe for myself, if you know what I mean, yeah. rather than just, I've been introduced this to my parents? Yeah. I think it has always been since I was a baby. Mm. I've been brought up in an amazing Christian household gone to church every week, gone to youth group multiple times. Um, I think it was actually probably a spring harvest, listening to kind of like some of the stuff and the worship music and stuff. I think that made it very... That's kind of like... I think when, I, when I'm when i in that sort of environment that I really kind of like took it seriously for my own. Um, I do think that's what at their best can be great about those summer events because they are almost that line of it's I think for a lot of people especially people that have grown up in the church the first time that you're kind of at an event which is for you and you're being told about dealing with your faith by yourself they're not asking you anything to do with your parents you probably aren't even with your parents or maybe you are but you're not with them at that event 
and it's the first time that you're usually given a talk that's saying, what do you think? And I think at their best it is that it's asking, what do you think? Yeah. And I think that's such a crucial like opportunity rather than people being preached at necessarily, especially when you're younger. Uh, yeah, I wonder whether... Because I was in a bit of... Listening to a bit of research a while ago, and we were chatting about it on the way from lunch, that most people that come to church came to church through someone going to church. Yes. Which sounds really weird, but it's like, you know, church families, people that make a commitment have been brought to church by their Christian parents. Yes. And not many people come to church because they've been brought up in a non-Christian family. Yeah. And I wonder how we behave in terms of encouraging faith at your age can change that. Like reaching out to friends rather than just assuming that we're just going to get old, make a decision for ourselves, and then carry on going to church like our parents did. Yeah. What about all people that don't have Christian parents, that never have gone to church? How do we encourage that independent faith conversation? Yes, I think that's quite... I think I've got a few non-Christian friends and, like, bringing them along to events. I think for them... Obviously, I think they've grown up with a lot of the stigma of, like, church is this whole serious right, thing. Okay. And I think it's, like, bringing them along and actually showing them that, I think, first, not shoving all the faith, like, yeah. down their throat. I think it's, like, showing them how, you know, acting, loving towards them and welcoming them and, like, having just open conversations and then kind of, like, getting into, oh, and by the way, we believe this and this is why we believe that. Mm. And this is why we then like act in that way. Yeah. And I think it's just like, yeah. I think the stigma is a massive thing. We had a baptism at our church yesterday, and I was sitting next to a couple of guys um, who, probably from their demeanour, were not churchgoers. Yeah. Shall we say? And they were they were coming to support a family a friend <laughs> member like that. And the drums kicked off during one of the hymns. Yeah. We got we got this great drummer. And there was just this audible, visible, this is flipping amazing. It yeah. was like, they literally were like, there's drums in church and he's allowed to go yeah. big and loud like that. And I wonder whether there's more than we think of this misconception of what church is like yeah. out in the world. That well, we, like, we think it's like, we think everyone knows the church, well, of course we're going to have electric guitars and yeah. we're going to have big worship songs. It's not all just 45 minute sermons. But I wonder whether everybody outside the church thinks it still is like that see i would agree with that i was at a school the other week doing like one of those induction days and like the first thing a girl said to me was like oh yeah i come from a really christian kind of like strict faith school and you know like churches are so boring and like and i've had that quite a lot in terms of like when people find you're a christian they're like oh my gosh church is so boring why would you want to go yeah is it like your parents making you go? No one actually, <laughs> I know, no one actually like realizes. Everyone just has a such traditional view of like very old fashioned, yeah. and don't, doesn't realize kind of like how fun and alive and. And I wonder whether the link to what we were chatting about earlier this morning is actually the seemingly old fashioned view of some of people's life choices. Yeah. So we talked about the sort of sexuality debate, mm-hmm. there is probably a misconception of, as Ben was talking about, even within our team, we all have a very different journey we're on about mm-hmm. 
you know, how faith and that sort of sexuality conversation intersects. Definitely. But maybe the church has always been seen as negative and not inclusive. So therefore, in a world now where inclusivity is so important, and we're giving people the opportunity to express themselves, where the church is behind the curve, and so no one wants to come because they think the church is out of date. And that's been our journey as a team, Ben, isn't it, this last couple of years, of how you, not just how you love someone, but how you serve with them and do ministry with them when you're both still working out what your position is on a topic. And I think, as we know, our good friend Alex Stoney, ex-lackey, mm-hmm. ex-million, was massively integral in helping us talk about this, wasn't it? Because she had very clear views on some things that maybe conflicted with some of our views, yeah. but it made it so okay to talk about these things, end up disagreeing, yeah. and still loving each other, and still Absolutely. being allowed to do ministry together. Yeah. And you know, no one's going to have the same view mm. on the same topic. You know, we're all there, especially in the church, it's going to be such a wide different view depending on denomination, families, opinions, and actually it's, you've got to think, what is the main... Like why, sort of like what's the key focus? Yeah, yeah. What the um, important things? Yeah, what things we have in common yeah. is really important, yeah. isn't it? And you know, actually, why do, like why do we go to church? We shouldn't let these kind of like topics, I think, overtake Absolutely. in the church. And actually, you know, you should go back to the focus of God and Jesus, and actually, why you're here. And I think the difficulty comes in that I think sometimes as Christians to us the response of well let's just bring it back to Jesus is like well of course well, it's flippant, isn't but obviously yeah. if you're coming into the church and you think Jesus was a dude who existed <laughs> for maybe 30 years and then died yeah. and then for some reason people have been obsessed with him ever since yes. like yeah. saying well actually I don't care about your sexuality I care about this dude yeah Yes. is going to always, you can see why no one's going to be happy with that response. Definitely. Yeah. And I think maybe the church sometimes has got that wrong where they think they're lovingly saying, actually, we're going to ignore all these things about you because we just want to see Jesus. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, actually, I don't see Jesus in me. I see these things. And if you can't recognise me as these things, yeah. then I don't think you're seeing me as a complete person. Uh, and it's a real wrestle, isn't it? Because yeah. some of them do conflict with the way we sometimes interpret the Bible and again at, at what cost it shouldn't cost relationships but it does and I think that's the real wrestle okay another question for you guys so my wonderful boy Zach is 11 and a half yeah. slightly younger than you I wonder what would happen in our house if we didn't feed him he would starve he'd die well, well would he would so this is my question linking onto your own faith so I because we, quite clearly, we love food in our house. Yes. And we love food. And Zach's fully involved. He gets involved in cooking. I wonder whether it was just one day we never initiated the cooking and the meal times and what we're having. Ooh. And to see what he would do. Would he just keep on saying, Dad, are you going to cook me dinner? Dad, are you going to cook me Or would he go, I'm just going to go and open the Make fridge, find food? You know, would he, survival would kick in and he would just, I'm just going to hunt food out. And anyway, he'd probably be able to cope with it. Yeah. So in terms of your faith, for years you've had someone saying, I'm going to cook you dinner. And then you get a point where you're going, we're not going to cook you dinner anymore. Yeah. What bits of your faith are you sort of 
choosing to go after, say, I'm now going to give myself a quiet time. I'm now going to have a worship Spotify playlist. I'm now going to listen to a sermon online and critique it and ask questions. Yeah. What is there any bits of your faith walk that you're now choosing to independently go, I'm doing this? A lot of kind of like worship. Okay. In terms of like choosing more what I listen to and like, I would say that. I say quiet time, I've definitely been a struggle <laughs> and it's been something that I've always wanted to do but actually coming down to the practice of doing it hasn't ever always well, played out. Busy, isn't it? yeah. It's so busy and you know you find with homework and school it takes up so much chunks of your time that at the end of the day you just want to go to sleep in bed. <laughs> you know? Maybe you need to pick another time to see your quiet time. Yeah. What's your go-to worship then if that's the place where you've been starting to explore? Love the Rain Collective. Do you? Really it's love the Rain Collective. School. I know. Wow. I've always loved the Rain Collective. I do want to go see them on concert. Ben, you're a Rain fan? COVID. I like Rain. I think I've previously ranted about them on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do like them. I like their music. I think it was on our podcast talking about big celebrity. worship versus little worship and Christian celebrity. And that was interesting. But as a band, and obviously the amount of like, I've seen them several times at Soul Survivor and things, and just the atmosphere they create is so amazing. So jealous. <laughs> I've interviewed them. Have you? Yeah. Oh wow, how did that go? It was, before they were famous, before they were famous, whatever that word means, it was uh, at Greenbelt many moons ago, and they were called wow. the Ren Collective Experiment. Oh, okay. And it was their first album, and everyone knew them because they played a worship set just using iPhones. Yes. So that was where a lot of people, have you seen this band? It's on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. So they had a keyboard and an iPhone, a guitar, a drum and an iPhone. And they did a worship song just using iPhones. That's so funny. And that's what I'm at. And they, they came to Black Greenback and I was hosting a venue and I was interviewing them. And yeah, and there was something about the presence. So aside from music, whether it's your style, there was something about the sort of joy and wonder and playfulness yeah. of worship, which was really, I mean, interesting, going what we're talking about, boring and church, you sit there, you would look at Rain Collective and that would be the last yeah. word you would ever use to describe them because they create this sort of joy. Yeah. And their wor- and their songs are really different. Some of them are very kiddie, some of them are massively deep, you know. Yeah. Wow, I didn't have you down as a Rend Grace. No, Rend, also, I've recently been getting into Casting Crowns. The, also old school, you're yeah. a little bit old school. So, like, I am loving no the song, like, Nobody right now. Wow. So Megan and I are, like, totally, like, always jamming to it. Wow. Have you, you should try Mercy Me. Oh, I haven't heard They like Casting Crowns. Okay. I think you might like them. I'll give them a go. You um mentioned your sister. Uh, <laughs> no, we'll give her a name, Naomi. Yeah, sorry. Naomi. Not, not Voldemort. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Naomi, the person who can be named. Um, it was just, I was thinking about, just before we got into our own collective, and then I went down a whole rabbit hole in my head. Nice. I was thinking about, I think, for me at least, and a lot of the people I knew, because there's stages in your life when you're child turning into a teenager, yeah, uh, where sort of basic social studies, the transition from your parents being the most important figure in your life into your friends becoming mm, the most yeah. important figure in your life and have you found that starting to happen with your faith in terms of do you have that I imagine with uh, Naomi I won't refer to her as your sister again yes. uh, or Voldemort. and other Voldemort. friends uh, have you found that actually you're starting to build up 
the support network within your friendship groups for your faith. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think, especially because I've come from Kings, mm. which has been, it's been incredible, but we've totally built that support network around each other. Well, you know, we'll have a phone call and we'll chat about the situation. We're like, actually, let you know, let's pray about this. Right. And it's only been in the like the past few bits that we've done that, mm. but as we've kind of like grown up and gone through your 10 and 11 and all the challenges that GCSEs and everything bring, we've definitely kind of been like encouraging each other on with that. And Are you nervous then about going to second school and losing that? It's Kings, as you said, doesn't Absolutely. have a sixth form. Oh, okay. And is your new school, is that, is there any inkling that that's going to give you a different support structure or yeah so i mean i've done my sort of like induction days and it was so different okay to kings. have you got any and friends coming from kings with no. you <gasps> wow so it's a i've pop-up. got i don't i literally don't know anyone you need to shout out next time okay. we're at fuel you need to shout out i bet there's a lot of people going oh definitely yeah there must be there must be i know shannon shannon goes there oh okay <laughs> she was at fuel last month was she yeah yeah she's at the old school you're going to Oh, I'll have to. I'll have to I think she's here below you, but we can definitely connect. Definitely. Well, yeah, I think I'm feeling really quite kind of like not overwhelmed, but it's definitely I'm seeing the challenges. I mean, Kings is incredible, but it's almost like you're in this sort of like little bubble mm. of a world, which is so positive, but then it does have its negatives. And going. The school that I'm going to it's got like 2,000 plus students. Wow. It is going to be, it's so... From like a couple of hundred, wasn't it, Kings? 150. Wow. So Around about that. Um, I did a really similar transition where I didn't know anyone at yeah. the college I went to for sixth form. And I think the challenge of it, and also what's really exciting when you are starting to yeah. develop this faith, is suddenly no one knows you're a Christian yes. when you turn up. And suddenly, kind of for the first time since you're a kid, it becomes in your control what people know you're a Christian. Is this something I'm going to... Hi, I'm Ben. I'm a Christian. As my first introduction every time I meet (laughs) someone. At what point, how much of your identity do you want to make that? And it is a really, like, for me as a 16-year-old, I spent a year, and at college, I don't think I talked about my faith once. Yeah. And then the next year, it was something I suddenly brought up because I went through this thing over summer. I was like, it feels like a lie to say that I'm not, well, not even to say that I'm not a Christian, to just not mention it feels dishonest and like I'm not sharing all of myself with someone. So is that part of your, like, I don't know, apprehension in turning up? Or do you feel like you're in a place where you're going to feel confident rocking up and being like, is that your first intro? You're going for that as It's a... me and my pal Jesus. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I do wonder what that would do, though. Mm. Well, I'm quite I intrigued. Mean, it's cards and I mean, it's on the re- table day one, isn't it? I almost regret not doing it when I was yeah. 16. Like, See, I like, I like the idea of it, but I think actually in practice, it's really, it's an intimidating oh, thing to do. You'd get massive backlash from yeah, it if you, you did yeah, it. Absolutely, you would. You would. Like, and I think, you I'd know. I'd like to do the experiment, though. <laughs> you would. find a year, Or are you willing 12? to sacrifice your whole social life yeah. potentially for yeah. the next year for this experiment? <laughs> Two years. <laughs> Two years, sorry. Two years. 
But I'm is... thinking you might get recovery in a year. <laughs> yeah, well, I always feel like you've got the summer and then you can sort of reinvent yourself a bit and then you come yeah. back and... She's moved away and gone to a different secondary yeah. school. Yeah, <laughs> a new <laughs> second <laughs> school. Yeah. They live in Scotland now. And then it's... we'll get you to repeat the experiment. Yeah. <laughs> in upper six, yeah. But yeah, so is that something you're thinking about entering into a new school of how much do you want that to be part of yeah. your identity? I think I definitely want it to be part of my identity because it is who I am. But I think there's ways of doing it that are going to cause more backlash than less backlash mm. and more kind of like letting it into like gently into a conversation maybe in a few months when you know like you start to know people because I think for I, me I think for me I've always found it easier like not to be giving advice as someone who didn't talk about their faith <laughs> for a year but I almost think I learned from that so much that when I then got to university I was like right, I'm not doing this again. Like, yeah. Because it almost feels like you're hiding yourself again. And it's quite a horrible feeling. But I think the danger of like waiting ages to tell people is that it then becomes, well, these people know me as this, and if I now introduce this into my... And, you know, people who don't know they hang out with Christians are often probably going to make some jokes about Christians that they wouldn't make if they knew you were a Christian, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And that then no, enters point, your right? minds. And like I've had that before where people haven't known I'm a Christian, they've made loads of jokes about it, and then I've dropped in a couple of months later. By the way, I'm a Christian. And also, yeah. they've then been like, oh, we wouldn't have said that. And I'm like, no, I'm glad you did. It was but, honest. Well, exactly. The flip side's true, isn't it? When they find out you're a Christian, they go, oh, you're not like other Christians. Yeah. You're quite yeah. normal, or whatever that I've, means. I've had that doing like, different clubs that I've got involved in. And it's kind of like, I like to be able to make... So like, at King's, I've been there since primary school. So moving up, it's kind of like, everybody's kind of like, know me, and not got this like pre-idea of who I am. But going into this like going into no school mm. no one knows me i could literally be any are you excited by that though or nervous about that both because i think it's got yeah. a lot of positives and a lot of negatives because i can kind of use that to my advantage and yeah. i can also it can also be a disadvantage see i should know the answer to this question as a youth worker but what do 16 year olds talk about in those first meetings so going back to ben's joke of hi i'm mike i'm yeah. a christian what are the, I, I, I suppose I could guess a couple of these, but what are the first things? So it's not, it's not like you're all at something together. Say you'll go to netball club. Yeah. The first, oh, have you played much netball? This is like day one of school. You've, you've caught the eye of someone. You're sitting next to them. Yeah. You've been sat on a table yeah, with yeah. four yeah. random people. Yeah. What yeah. are your, I, I mean, music is probably an, a starter. Yeah. Is that other, oh, I like your shoes. You <laughs> I know. think... Once you get past all like, oh, what are you choosing as your subject? Okay, and, like, got that. Like, you know, dissing chemistry and physics because who likes them? And <laughs> Oh, so shared dissing of a topic. Yeah, Absolutely. You can work out who you don't want to be friends with because <laughs> yeah. they'll ask you what grades you got in your subject. Uh, and you'll okay. go, that's a taboo like, thing to ask. I was like, you know, <laughs> physics geeks. Are you a physics geek? Absolutely not. Are you not? I, dro- I dropped it for you. And what I... are you doing in six months? Uh, oh, biology, geography. I suppose I haven't really decided yet. Do you know what inside? It's like a month away, isn't it? I can choose, I mean, I can choose on the 25th of August. Wow. It's like a week day. before term. But, yeah, but I, so oh. I didn't get my original subject choices. So I would quite like to do geography, biology, and politics. But if I couldn't wow. do that, then I would do geography, poli- uh, geography, business. 
and classics. I feel they're quite Ooh, good. Classics, that's Ta- fun. It's a really interesting subject, actually. They're quite they good. They won't politics, really get you ostracised, will they? Those sort of no. comics. So that's quite a good entrance. <laughs> quite a few people actually ostracise geography. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Because they, they think geography's boring. And it's less cool history. And like, I literally, okay. <laughs> I'm going to get on board with this bullying. <laughs> history wow. is the cool cut. <laughs> geography is less cool history. Yeah. Wow. And also, but like, geography, also like geography, it, it is the most boring subject in the world. Disclaimer. This is from Disclaimer. someone doing it. Yeah, like, okay, it is boring, wow. but actually it does get more interesting. And for me personally, I quite like fact-based things. I don't like writing long six-page essays, even though I did do all humanities GCSE. Also, I want to hear from you, because you said you're doing biology, and you called physics people's nerds. What's the coolness ranking of biology, chemistry, physics. and physics? Surely physics are the <laughs> coolest. Surely. Well, yeah, the so cool fi- kids? well uh, to be honest, I no, think they're physics... The, they're the, Big bang physics is, geeks, just, physics is all okay. just maths. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, well, you know, people quite regularly do maths and physics and further maths mm-hmm. and then pure maths on top of that, which is just like... But, like, I think... I don't know. I do know people who love chemistry, but it's just such a complicated subject. Like, I don't... I know one person who has actually said, I enjoy, phys- I, I enjoy chemistry and I enjoy physics. Would you say that physics and chemistry people? I'm going to be a little bit of a Ben here and sort of make a sweeping generalisation. <laughs> physics and chemistry people have slightly trickier interpersonal skills, <laughs> and biologists are slightly more normal. Probably. I guess but there I has to be an interest in people yeah. if you're doing biology. Well, I'm wondering whether that's the sort of slight divide that you do get the sort of in the head. Yeah, thing with but then chemistry and physics, they do make very good friends because they are very, like, they tend to be, okay. again, a sweep generalisation, very clever. Do they push physics out of the gang and just biology and chemistry hang out? Not, no. No, not really. But, like, I would just say, if you do, like, chemistry and physics, you would have to be very clever. Okay. And so, like, which is actually not a bad thing because most of them are quite, like, work-focused. And so if I'm ever 16 again in some alternate universe... Yeah. Hmm. S- like having a go at another topic that's my icebreaker is it yeah like, like what subject like, I just found subject, this subject yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, oh you study you know English like that was lit. the first thing like we get down into the room and like person it next to you what are you going to talk about so what GCSEs did you pick yeah okay like that like hands down that was like the first thing that we spoke like besides like what's your name like I thought you'd be picking out something they were wearing ah no, or, that's like well, What's on your headphones? That's no, that's on. Uh, is that so? Still, wow. It'd be like so you would. I need Nick, to give up being a youth worker. I thought <laughs> I've just misread the crowd. Well, like, unless I've just got like a really weird group of friends. But like, <laughs> well, that could be true. <laughs> but like, yeah, like we would first come in because I think it's a it's a thing that everyone goes through. Everyone does GCSEs and everyone has to go and either do A levels or a college course, yeah, and so right. it's like. And also, everyone has the pain of doing GCSEs. I mean, like, you learn a lot from GCSEs, and it brings a lot of new challenges as well. Actually, it helped me kind of, like, reevaluate kind of, like, what's important in life. Wow. Because I used to really stress, like, really properly stress in year 7, 8, and 9, and about actually year work. 10, about schoolwork. Right. And I used to stress about exams. Like, yeah, my friend, like, Occasionally, I'd be wow. in tears over them. 
it was a bit, you know. And what do you think was the big change? But like, it was the point of, you'll get to the point in doing your GCSE, you're like, actually, that didn't matter. Okay. And I've wow. also, I've never gone through school getting eights and nines. I've okay. kind of, I have to work really, really hard to get the grades that I get. And so I've kind of noticed as I've come into the last few months of year 11, when I'm starting to finally get kind of like the methods and stuff yeah. and like finally getting the grades that I really wanted, I just realised how unnecessary those bits were. And actually wow. how in year 7, 8 and 9 it should be enjoyed yeah. and actually find out what you love yeah and actually yes the exams are like a big part and you should absolutely work for them because it's going to give you a very good work ethic doors. for year yeah. 11 and actually you know you do need to work but I don't think it I don't think I should have stressed the point that I did and okay. missed out well it's also the thing as Christians <laughs> isn't it that we go or hopefully we go yes i'll try my hardest at this yes i'll work for this but also at the end of the day i know my value doesn't come from this yeah i know that whatever the list of grades i get at the end of the day isn't a summary of my worth and Mm. that's such a difficult thing going through secondary school because the world is not quite like yeah and you are so kind of like your whole worth is put into what can you get out of your gcses and although like, people do say, oh, yeah, the GCSEs don't matter. And, like, you know, you have your teacher for, like, you know, whatever you get. But it's, like, actually, it does matter. And it mm. it kind of, like, it changes how you think of yourself. And, like, when you're put into sets. Um, wow. Like, you know, so if you didn't get a very good level in maths and you get put then in, like, a lower set. Right. It's kind of, like, it does matter because yeah. it does have such a big impact. It's weird, because when we get older, we introduce ourselves as adults. We go, hi, what's your name? What do you do for a living? Yeah. And I wonder whether there is the sense, actually, if our opening gambit was like, oh, what what hobby do you do that brings you life? Tell me about your family. Tell me about your kids. Because I think there is that. We've we've made it more than it is. Okay, I've got a bit of a landing question. Go on. So me, you and Ben are hanging out. Oh. We're both 16, which obviously is a bit of a stretch for the imagination. (laughs) Uh, and uh, and uh, we don't know each other, but we're getting to know each other. Right. We've done the whole having what to go out fee thing, and then you find we find out you're Christian. Yeah. We both think church and youth group is boring. Right. Because of our stories. Yeah. How do you say something that could potentially counteract that? So I would probably I probably say actually we've done some really good like catch the flat everybody catch the flag oh yeah like outdoors outdoors nice and we did it around like we actually did it around our town oh my word and we also did like a big treasure hunt around our town so like we hid things all over the place and then like yes like racing go find it and solve clues it was like that was pretty cool and that was your group gathering which we could all definitely translate as being church yeah definitely that's being community and yet you were having a while at the time oh yeah and actually, you know, we didn't have a Bible talk as part of that, but it was such a good, like, bonding. Absolutely. And, like, it's, and so I, important. Yeah, and I think things like that is actually brilliant to get people, non-Christians, to come to. Like, okay, so you don't like church. Come to this social. We're going to have pizza, and we're going to do this. It's and important. just come along and see what we think. And then you can obviously get into the whole kind of, like, God Why? stuff later. Yeah. But we've done some really cool things. We did, like, a big detective thing in our building, and... Cool. Lots of running around and jumping off things. And I think we were getting into this a little bit in some 
Downtime most recording, but like it is. I think often the way you introduce it isn't by going up, Hi, I'm Ben, I'm a Christian. No. But it is by saying, it's being open about the things you do as a Christian. Yeah. I think that's the helpful stepping stone. So when someone's asking you, what did you do at the weekend? Rather than saying, I played Capture the Flag with my friends, you take the small, but it yeah. feels significant at the time step of going, we played Capture the Flag at church. Yeah. And it feels like a major thing to say it's at the time but most people said. really don't care yeah. when you tell them and i think it's also like working out people some people are going to be like really interested in wanting to know stuff and so they yeah, might they might like you know instigate something i know i used to have until a few weeks ago i took it out my friend made like a really nice bible verse that went on the back of my phone case nice. i remember someone saw it and they just made a comment on it and it was just that kind of like or i was on a zoom meeting and I had a Bible verse in one of those light-up boxes behind me. Nice. And someone who I never would have imagined would be anything into faith, into that whole thing, were like, oh, what does that say behind wow. you? You know, in a big group of people. And it's it making kind it of... not weird, isn't it? It's making it easy in our lives, yeah. like having a light box, having it on our phones, and rather just... than it being, come to church. Yeah. Hear a talk. Yeah. <laughs> that links into what you were saying before about there being such a stigma that suddenly yeah. when you say something to someone and they go, oh, I could picture myself doing that yeah. or having that in my room or that's a yeah. nice, even just like, that's a nicely designed Bible quote. Yeah. yeah. It's something that then contextualizes, oh, this is what faith is to this person. Yeah. It's not going into a sure, like, dusty old building yeah. in like a robe and lighting a candle and singing chants. Although that is cool if you do that as well. Yeah. I quite like the idea of that as well. If if I could, <laughs> if anyone listening to this dresses up in a robe and lights a candle and does chants in a circle, well, please give me an invite. <laughs> I will absolutely come robe up. I mean, the cathedral do that, but you you've made it sound a little bit more culty. Yeah, yeah. that that was. As soon as you put them in a circle, it goes culty, isn't that weird? Oh yeah. God. Whereas well, robes chanting candle, we're like, okay. well, that's the cathedral. Fine, they, yeah. they gather in an octagon. Another. <laughs> The least culty symbol. The star. Yeah. No, even we're not going into the star. A trapezium. Yes. Let's go with that. Great. Ben, what a great, great grace. What a great conversation. Yeah. We did it. We solved it. Good so, how, what, the, solved the church being boring now? Yeah. Yeah. Church is definitely not boring. And I, I think that is the answer is, it's not boring. It's not yeah. boring. It's like well, so many jokes in church. You just got to like, do it right. Yeah, they, oh, I'm not going to lie. There's some churches, and you know who you are if you're listening, uh, <laughs> who are super boring. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to name any names, Please. but if you felt some guilt in your heart when I said that, then <laughs> you know that to be true. Um, well, I'm going to get emails now as director, I know that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they'll be in Comic Sans and wow. in grey, but it'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Those churches haven't worked out email yet. So, um, they can't listen to this podcast. They don't know what Spotify is. Um, yes. um, You've owned that so well, Ben. Well, but, um, sorry, I sidetracked myself. <laughs> yes, but most churches aren't boring and are fun and are yeah, interesting totally. go-to and but it's, it's like... working out the ways to show people 
that image you have in your head yeah. is an up-to-date, it's out yeah. of date image. And you've, you've also got. got to find the church that works for you, because I would mm-hmm. say, like, not everyone, Absolutely. not everyone is suited to every church. Yeah. And so, you know, when people do go looking for churches, you've got to find what's important for you and have a look and get a feel for church, because obviously there are so many different denominations which, you know, do different mm. things, like Hillsong churches, you know, they spend a lot of time on the music side and... You know, you know, is there's a lot of different kind of like. But it's the same as you talked before, yeah. isn't it? About where do you go out for food in St Albans? There is so much choice, and none of them are really bad. Yeah. I mean, the ones you know who you are, the ones that are bad. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a sense that we have a flavour of food oh, yeah. that we like doing. Like you educate me in sushi today. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced by sushi at all. I think you just need to like branch out a bit. Mm. Maybe. But there is a sense that church also, there isn't a one-size-fits-all church yeah. package, but there is different expressions, and we've all got a different God language. Some of us yeah. love singing. Some of us love the, the brain exercise. Some of us love community. Some yeah. of us like serving. Some of us like art. And, it, and I think it is all about, we've too long, we've said church is this. Yeah. And if you don't fit in this, then either it's boring to you or you're not welcome. And there's um, no perfect church as well, because absolutely. like you were saying church is led by imperfect people absolutely we are and so you know there is going to be issues in every church but it's coming back to the key important things this reminds me of probably genuinely one of the more significant conversations i've had in my life about the jazzy scale the most important invention i coined i will say what i think is probably the definitive tool for working out what the right church is for you is I believe that all churches have a one to five rating on okay. the jazzy scale. And we so just like want to Hillsong. Sh- we just want to shout out to Stephen Furlong because he helped yeah, us. Steve was there to help us. The jazzy scale. Ooh. Function it. Shout I think out Steve the three of us developed it as an important tool for all. Essential. People, especially when you move to uni, yeah. you need yeah. the jazzy scale with you to work out what church is right for you. So like a Hillsong would be a five on the jazzy scale, okay. but the, the Reuben chanting church that we spoke <laughs> about would be a one. And you've got to work out what do you want from the jazzy scale. So for me, I want like a three and a half. See, I think three. I think three and a half to a four is maybe quite I should make good. it one out of ten if I'm saying I want a three and a half. But anyway, I would say like three and a half to four is quite good. But you need to define the numerical. Yeah, but like yeah, well, yeah. yeah, five might not be enough. Whereas actually, it's helpful to not have two. I think I think one to five is quite good. Actually, mm, I like one to five. And I also wonder, and we did talk about this with Stephen, that some days you feel you want a bit of a four. Mm. Other yeah. days, you want a bit of a one and a half. Yeah. yeah. It's, get, it's getting the balance. And that is joy. Wow. What a great way to end. If you've been affected by anything spoken about in this podcast, <laughs> particularly if you go to one of those churches that Ben <laughs> would describe as... Less than a bit fun. beige. <laughs> yeah. Less than fun. A little bit, a little bit beige. Mm. A little bit marigold then uh, yeah. get in touch with me and I'll help you be less marigold and beige. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take you through the jazzy scale. We'll give jazzy you a map of all the churches ranked by jazziness. I wonder whether in the Ben diagram of that, Ben, the crossover of churches that use instant coffee, mm. th- there's a lot of them that will cross over into that. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that's their problem. Are you not a fan of instant coffee? Instant. I'm not a fan of it. It's unchristian. It really? <laughs> really? Really? Right, well, this is a, a whole nother podcast for Mike <laughs> totally. on the satanic ritual of instant <laughs> coffee. Um, 
Great. I guess I'll leave it on that note. Thanks Brilliant. so much for joining Thank us. You. Thanks, Lucky. That was great. Minion. 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 Sorry, minion. Chief fun. Minion. Chief Minion. <laughs> one of one. Uh, great. Thanks for listening to this slightly chaotic episode <laughs> of the 2-7 podcast. Uh, we'll see you, I don't know, whenever I feel like editing the next one. Probably a couple of weeks. Happy <laughs> summer. Bye. Yeah, have a nice summer if it's summer when it, this actually goes up. If not, isn't it sad Merry that Christmas. summer's over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>